0: Everything Film is supported by Vancouver Acting School, where you turn your passion into your career. Enroll now for post-secondary diploma programs in film, television, and voiceover with fully accredited diploma and part-time programs taught on-site. We are on-site right now. Want to learn the biz? Check out VancouverActingSchool.com. We're in Studio 4 from Go Studios in East Van, right by Olympic Village. Joe Leary, along with Mr. Patrick Shelton. How are you doing, sir? I am
1: doing fantastic. How are you? You're
0: looking fit as a fiddle. i uh, I try hard. You're working out. That's all good. Uh, We're joined by Taylor Hickson. Now, Taylor has quite the vast resume. We were just kibitzing with her off air. (laughs) She's spilling water all over the place, just having a Good old time. Kibitzing. Kibitzing. Um, kibitzing. Now, you, I love in your resume it says from smart girl next door, from sweet girl next door to <laughs> r- relentless assassin in training. I'll you will smart
2: and relentless. You've
0: played a meth head. Like, you really <laughs> covered the <laughs> gamut, haven't you? I do my best. Was it, what, what's, what was the title of the character? Meth head and...
2: Meth head girl.
0: Meth head girl. Okay. I,
2: I think it actually was teen meth head girl.
0: So, now, everybody has a type. So, I mean, I, I guess that gives you full credit. If you can play... <laughs> that Because those are quite wide variety of types there.
2: Yeah, I got quite a few. I mean, um I'm still exploring. Um I'm I think it's an actors from an actor's perspective, I think the goal is always to try to avoid being typecast. So, I mean, that's the goal for the long run, but I'm just sort of enjoying whatever comes across my desk.
0: So, how do you how do you <laughs> jump into like um, the meth world, for example? Well, that's
1: like, <laughs> I'm, I'm, right? I was just asked the same thing like Let's go through your audition process for that
2: one. Well, I had to jump out of those characters because when I first started, for some reason, um, there seemed to be two paths. So Hallmark actually wanted to get their hands on me. Hallmark
0: does meth head rolls? No, they
2: didn't. Okay, um, right. <laughs> They But they wanted to change the shape of my eyebrows. And so I said, no, I like my eyebrows. They said I look too intense. And that's when the other path was uh, drug Addicted teens seem to be the other pathway. That was the fork in the road for s- no middle ground um, So I ended up playing a couple couple of different characters where I I've had to study PCP I've had to study a heroin overdose. I've had to study <laughs> meth addiction, so um, Thankfully as an actor, I'm really Invested in the psychology of it all and that was a really interesting fork to go down um, but I didn't <laughs> I didn't want to make that I guess my soul. And I would guess as an actor casting. it's
0: probably more I won't say rewarding, but more challenging to play the meth head than the sweet girl next door.
2: Um I'd say I probably have a lot more in common just organically as sure. I am <laughs> than yeah. you'd think. Yeah. Um but to to actually to actually go go into this and, and see the effects of it and um be able to recognize it on my own street. Uh, that was something that was that really added perspective is to see it in my own environment and be able to recognize it.
0: So the, the assassin in training, did you follow real assassins around to learn how to, <laughs> how to <No>. kill people?
2: <laughs> Definitely not. Uh, no, that was where I sort of turned to the stunt team to sort of right. <laughs> create the caricature. But um, that was a really, really fun one. Uh, we sort of combined Daria, which was an animated 90s TV show. She's really, really flat. And uh, Susie Sue and made a love child of this character. And um, yeah, she was really, really fun to to play with. And uh, it was really transformative to be able to sit and have black hair, black eye makeup, black black lipstick. I think it's something that took less mental preparation because the physical transformation was so drastic from seeing myself in the mirror that it was um, it sort of set me into into her mind frame every day. You, you, se-
0: you seem very outgoing, and I think that's probably a character trait, but I, again, it, well, you meet all types in this business, and they know sure. they know when to turn it on, when to turn it off, but you always seem to have it on, which I think is a great <laughs> thing. I think because the audition process can be harrowing Absolutely. and can be very intimidating, and you walked into this room and kind of lit up the room, spilled water, no, and <laughs> <I'm kidding. laughs> um, you were very engaging, and I think that's so important, and we were talking a little bit off air about mm-hmm. the, the Zoom audition process, the reality sure. of the pandemic. And I think it's so important to have a person in the room because it, you can see how they interact. You're not getting the same look on a screen. No. I want to see your dimensions. I want to see how you how you carry yourself, and you just don't get that. So it's kind of nice that you're now back to where you can actually walk into the audition process, huh?
2: Yeah, I mean, it's, it's really tricky. I think it's much easier to become unforgettable. And the only reason, um, like I was saying to you before, um, when I first started... Acting, I was four hours out east, so I had to drive four to six hours, depending on road conditions, to make every audition. So I'd come here for 30 minutes thirty minutes, and turn around and drive home. So I was paying people on Craigslist <laughs> to drive me. I was taking rides from friends of friends of friends that were coming out here. I paid friends' parents. My grandparents would take me. My mom, when she wasn't working, I drove... with my learner's license. I wanted it so badly. So it was, um, I was kind of in the firstborn of the early self-tape era, because once I sort of established myself with casting and they knew that I was making these trips that were really dangerous on the They they said, well, why don't, we're trying this thing out. Why don't you record yourself at home and send it to us? Since we know you now and we're familiar with your work, why don't we do that? And so I really early on, before self-tapes became a thing, I was doing that. And uh, when I signed on to L.A. management, of course, there was no other choice but to send down self-tapes. And I think that was kind of how it became so expansive. And then COVID hit, and it was the only option.
1: And now nobody wants to go back. No.
2: You know? it's the, That's the thing is the social anxiety of it is so crippling that no one wants to take the step to go. They They now give you an option to go in room or put it down on self-tape and you know my sister's a brand new actor I'm sort of putting her in the hot spot right now but she she would always take the self-tape and same with my partner my partner's a stunt person will have to go out um, for stunt roles every now and then and my partner always takes the self-tape because the social anxiety of it is so crippling and I think it's only been heightened by this period of, of being, you know...
0: But how do you audition COVID. for a stunt role on tape? What do you do on the tape?
2: <laughs> well, <laughs> it depends. Ah. They have, like, stunt actor roles, so it depends if you have a line. Then they'll they'll mm, put you down okay. on tape for that. Right. Mm-hmm.
1: The only thing about the self-tape process that I wonder about is you don't know who your competition is. Mm-mm. So you can't... You know how you go into it's a room bizarre. and you see all the same people? You go, oh, hi, you again, you again, and you kind of know who's... Mm. And, and now you don't. No, and they can't
2: it, turn you off.
1: And then you also... You also don't know if there's five thousand people going. They don't tell you that either. That's the thing; right? is so it's, it's very, very weird in that way, isn't it? You kind of don't know your competition.
2: Absolutely, it's but so it is handy, expansive. But. No- exactly, it's 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 efficient, but now it's efficient to five times plus the people and they can go through and go, they don't have the look we want next. Within yeah. Yeah. ten seconds. Yeah, they could go
0: blonde, no, blonde, no. Yeah, no. you have if ten seconds. Head,
2: but I think but yeah. to make yourself Patrick's comment
0: is, is valid because the one and only audition I ever did was for a A and <laughs> breakfast commercial, which is just horrible. <laughs> uh, and you're literally told, Okay, you're you're looking you're gonna be like a middle aged businessman, wear a suit. So I'm sitting in the prom- the uh, the casting place oh and there's oh all my. these guys and everybody's checking everybody out to see oh you know that's not a good looking suit and that one. and it's just it, it you want to be able to size up the competition i yeah, think that's that so important right yeah it
2: totally is but it's like that's part of the game i also made a lot of friends you know people i we'd sort of have um our lookalikes and we'd be like oh yeah how you doing heidi like we knew we all knew each other because we were all going out for the same roles it was also interesting um I remember remember walking in one of the most intimidating auditions I've probably ever had. I mean, besides getting further into the casting process. But as a first audition, I walked into a room and I was meant to play uh, an emo teenager. I was the only blonde out of probably 30 brunette or really dark haired girls in the room. And I thought, there's no shot. I have no shot at getting this. And I ended up booking it. And it was my uh, my first speaking role, and it was in Deadpool, wow. which is a it's a it's a Marvel film.
0: So it, emo emo team does not appear on your resume. I don't, I don't know why <laughs> you wouldn't put that in there. The, the relentless assassin and training emo girl meth head.
2: Wow, See, I, a, I have a pattern. That's a, a body pattern. of work, yeah. You know, it's like I started in um, I sort of started in drug addiction, and then I went to goth, <laughs> and now I'm. I uh, know I'm sort of in the supernatural era of my life.
0: <laughs> Our guest is Taylor Hickson. This is Everything Film, presented by Film Robot from Studio Four at Go Studios in East Van. Um, you started singing on stage with your dad. Absolutely. What uh, what, what what year? What were you singing? And what was your dad doing? <laughs>
2: uh, well, my dad's really musically inclined. I always say that um, he was a rock star until I was born and ruined his life. Right. Um, so when I was about eleven. I was caught singing in the shower when I thought I was home alone, and from there, my parents bought me music lessons for Christmas, which was horrifying. So they put me in a room with a stranger and made me sing, and through that, I began to sort of open up eventually, uh, and I loved it, and so I started playing shows, I started playing gigs uh, all around town and outside of town I started uh touring around with my dad so my dad ended up playing guitar for me and singing with me and we were kind of like a duo and we went went around and did that and I worked really hard to graduate early I graduated at 16 so I could pursue the path of my music career and that sort of became halted when a friend of the family who's also an actor said hey I know this agent who's looking for teenagers that are, you know, in the, in a sort of creative background. I said, I don't know how to act. And, you know, my friend said, well, you're, you're, you did musical theater growing up. And I said, I only did that so I could sing on stage. That was the only way I don't act. And she said, if, uh, if you ever want to meet him, you're ever in town, let me know. And it turned out my sister had a soccer tournament that weekend. And so I came down and I met the guy and he signed me that day. And he said, the only catch is you have to drive to and from Every single audition, which is what I was saying to you Mm -hmm. when I started making those trips. And I don't know why, but I knew in my gut that it was something I had to do. I became completely, utterly infatuated. I was just obsessed. I just, I, I dropped everything. You know, my dad was really worried. He said, this is really dangerous. And my parents have always supported anything I've ever wanted to do. But I think my dad thought I was losing focus of the thing that I'd always projected that I was, I was gonna fall into as a career. And so, you know, they kept saying, you gotta, you gotta stop this, you gotta stop this. And I said, no, I have to keep doing this, and I booked my first role. And it was out in Enderby, and it was, uh, it was called Go With Me originally, it's now called Black Way.
0: Enderby uh, has a film community?
2: Apparently, yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, we do, um, out that way. So, we I shot the first film out there, and right, that's the one Ray Liotta was on, Julia Stiles, Anthony Hopkins. Uh, the lot
0: or Tony, uh, as you know, him.
2: Tony, <laughs> Tony, <laughs> Tony. Um, but that was the first role I did, and um, I remember my parents saying, You know, that's fantastic, but it was probably a once in a lifetime shot, and I went, I'm gonna prove them wrong. Yes. Good
1: for you.
0: Well, yeah. and Taylor knew she was coming to the show today, so she prepared a musical number for us, which she's going to do <laughs> now. Oh,
1: really?
2: Twinkle, twinkle, little <laughs>
0: stuff. You know, we always talk about this, too, and I mean, um,
1: you're so positive, but there's a lot of rejection in this industry, and how do you handle Absolutely. that? You've been through that, too, when you thought you were going to get something, and then you didn't, and then you did really... A horrible edition and you <laughs> get it. Right? Yeah, oh, like, of course. Like that kind of stuff. That's what actually, I actually. Yeah. I find that so interesting. Right?
2: <laughs> Both of that today. So I thought I did a terrible addition for this. Uh, it was like a Fox project, and they go, "Actually, you are really high in the mix for this, Sonny, you and whomever." And uh, I got the call today saying they're going another way. So it's uh, yeah, so that's really it's constant. Oh, yeah, it's yeah. constant. It's but it's also uh, it goes the other way. You know, I I also have. The seat to say, you know what? I don't think I want to go for this. I don't think i I don't think this is right for me. So, um, it, it's funny how the tables can sort of turn. You know, you get to a point where.
0: But you have to build up credibility with your agent because, as I told you about my faded career, uh, <laughs> failed career, um, and they would get pissed off if you couldn't make an audition. And mm. it's like they'll call you maybe the day before yeah. and say, tomorrow afternoon, 2 o'clock, down at the casting place, can't do it, I'm working. And Good they go, They give you the big harumph. So I guess that you can build up credibility where you can, if your agent calls you, hey, Taylor, I got this where, yeah, I'm not interested. <laughs> and they're not going to get pissed at you, are they?
2: No, I mean, we're definitely very collaborative. Uh, and we, we we have a lot of meetings. Even today, he said, you know, this, this he project. recommended
0: against doing this show didn't he <laughs> no,
2: no, no.
1: <laughs> well you know, <laughs> you, know how, you know how it works so it's, it's, <laughs> I, I, people forget this but it is a business and yeah. if you're an agent it's probably like a triangle right and you have yeah. these clients here and then you have the ones up here that at the top that c- continually make you money so who are you going to yeah. spend more time on so you're probably mm-hmm. climbing up yeah. up, yeah. right and so your agent gives you more it just makes sense it's a business right sure. they want that
2: and there's not only the internal rejection of just you know casting producers directors yeah. whatever it be but once you have done a job and you're, you know, you're proud of yourself for getting there, then you have to face the rejection of whatever else is out there who decides
1: right, right.
2: they're going to be a critic of your show, of mm-hmm. the audience. And um, I, I mean, one of the one of the hardest t- turning points in my career, I think, was uh, I suffered a really big injury to my face that caused a nine centimeter scar. I was doing a stunt on set and I went through uh, a glass door broke when I was doing the stunt. And it cut my face wide open and, um, it was about 90 stitches. Wow. Uh, and you know, I, I had to take six months off. And finally, when I was uh, legally allowed to talk about it, the, we made an announcement and, and whatnot. And that sort of took off people around the world. were writing articles about it. I think it's still to this day, it's one of the most searched things under my name, right. uh, just to, yeah, put a, put a point to it. But, um, I remember I was going through the Reddit forum when, when this was garnering so much attention and I went, Oh, this is great. Like people are saying really kind things about me, but they went, yeah, it's such a shame. You know, she had such a massive trajectory in her career. It's a shame. She'll never work again.
0: Really? And I went, wow,
2: these people are rooting for me, but Oh my God, I'm never going to, this is the, this is the reason why I wake up every day and I don't get to do it anymore. So I, you know, at the time of cutting my face, because there was sort of a lawsuit that went forward, um, three produ- three productions dropped me um, that I was signed on to because it looks messy. People don't want that. People don't want the messiness, you know. In Hollywood, they they, they love to sweep everything under yeah. the rug, yeah. which is the shameful part of it. But
1: you know, that reminds me of it. It's crazy. Speaking of the stunts, it was um, Deadpool where that um, yeah. woman died in the motorcycle yeah. accident, yeah, right? Yeah, and then, was, that, was that you were on that? Sure. Uh, that was, that was two. the second that
2: one was yeah. yeah oh Deadpool 2 yeah. Yeah. okay okay I know yeah. a lot of people that that worked on it so, yeah, so. but
0: that brings it so were you initially going out for stunts or would just did the role require you to do something physical
2: yeah I mean <laughs> all actors usually come across the the little like little hands worth of stunts um I for some reason in my career <laughs> have fallen into a lot more stunt work than I should have I now know my rights um But yeah, that's, I've had quite a few. I've had seven head injuries because of, you know, a majority from things like that. Um, It just goes to show, you know, it happens really often. I mean, look what happened with the Alec Baldwin case, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So uh, yeah, I mean, I have my fair share of stunts, but a lot of the stuff, what happens when you're in a rush and especially as a green actor, you want to be a yes man. You want to be invited back. You want other people to hear that you're great to work with. And, you know, you want to create a rapport with the, the community to be invited back. And so you say yes. You say yes, even against your gut, even against, you know, so that's kind of what I'm a massive advocate for is to, to learn your rights and to know what you can say no to. And your safety in your life is not worth a movie. It's yeah. a movie.
0: G- given your injuries and the resulting lawsuit in that, did yeah. s- did something positive come of that? Did something change for the better?
2: Absolutely. I mean, it took a while <laughs> for me to get used to looking at myself in the mirror. You know, a lot of people online <laughs> were making jokes like, uh, why so serious? Or, you know, it looked like Frankenstein because you could see my suture marks still. It was really bright purple. And um, yeah, so there was a bit of ridicule there, even though they're trying to make light of it. But I actually think it propelled my career in a place I wanted to go. So I ended up playing these really strong female characters because of the look I had. Sure, I'll never get cast as a cheerleader, but that's not where I wanted to go. And so I sort of had this revelation and, and pursued regardless. I said, no, I'm gonna, I'm not, again, I, I'm not going to let anyone tell me that I can't do my job. And if people don't want to work with me because of anything that happened to me, that wasn't my fault, then that's, you know, things will be as they be. Yeah. And I don't want to work with those people. That's, a, yeah. that's saving me from putting me in another dangerous position. At,
0: at the time of the, the accident, were you concerned, there goes my career, because I'm ruined, because I'm physically so damaged at this point?
2: This is so vain. But the first thing that happened when I looked in the mirror, so they rushed me to the hospital. And on this project, I had a bunch of prosthetics. So uh, the prosthetics made my face look incredibly disfigured. So the paramedics were extremely confused. Why they were like, "What is real? What is not? Your eye looks swollen shut. Where are you hurt?" So they had to take my SFX artist, um, my special effects makeup artist, sorry, to the hospital with me to remove the the prosthetics out of the injury. Um, so while he was <laughs> removing it, you know, special effects artists they do all the gory stuff, the burn makeup they do all that stuff so he said can i take a picture for reference to to save in my file you know this is it it looks pretty nasty and I, so i said can i see the picture you took and he said no i don't want to show you i said show me the picture and he was like no i said show me the picture <laughs> and when i saw the camera I started crying because I thought I'd never work again. Yeah. I, th- I went like my face. That's it. It's, yeah. it's so vain, but that was the only thing I thought about. I mean, three inches up or down could have been my life or yeah. I would have been blind. Yeah. That's it. And that was what that's I was the, uh, I, don't th- I don't
0: think that's vain at all. I think that's a very, very wholesome admission. I think we, we would all <laughs> yeah. kind of feel the same way. I uh, smashed my head in a couple of years ago. Mm. And it's kind of a funny story. I was being bandaged in the ambulance on the way to emergency. Mm. And um, when they unbandaged me in an in emergency and the uh, the attending nurse she unbandaged me and she goes whoa I'm thinking that's a word you don't want to hear
2: Oh no Like that's why From you, a don't, medical you, professional? you don't you
0: don't want to see the picture I don't want to see pictures of it you don't want to see your pictures you <laughs> you know that And they did the right.
2: kill the cat I guess <laughs>
0: Well I'm curious but only to a certain extent Sure You know right. another
1: another thing I always talk about that's uh, interesting and sort of off topic is like you ever meet somebody and they do have a scar in their face or whatever or, or maybe they're missing an arm and nobody ever asks them what happened
2: people like, uh, y- isn't that p- the yeah, people rarely thing? do actually like, no I bet that that to
1: you. like people look at you and then they go oh and then they just don't i don't even it. know what i'm looking for here like seriously like, no it's not
0: really it, that a
2: dimple now okay that's fine <laughs> that's fine
1: <It's> I, <laughs> no i'm saying i'm saying in in People, I don't know, somebody is missing an arm. And yeah. You, like, why don't you just say, what happened to your arm? And I'm sure the person would like to talk about it.
2: Sure. I had a friend like that. Actually, he was born born without yeah. part of an arm. Like, he he, he sort of yeah. had like, a, yeah, he was born without yeah. the other half of his arm. And he would come up with a new story. He loved being asked because he would say, yeah. oh, shark. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Oh, bear exactly. fight. That's what I would do. That's awesome. So that's
0: good. Uh, her name is Taylor Hickson. Uh, what are you in now? What are you doing now?
2: Um, but I mean, you're looking at it. <laughs> just this this is it. <laughs> we just sort of wrapped up. Are season you going to put three? everything film on
0: your resume? <laughs> Appeared on of everything course. film. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay.
2: Javalier and Patrick. <laughs> yeah, absolutely.
0: What? Uh, uh, no. What, what do you got going on right now?
2: Uh, so there was a couple things that I sort of had on hold. Um, a lot of maybes as this yep. as, as this biz goes. Um, I'm mostly doing conventions and sort of coming off of the press tour of season three. So I'm just taking my wine down, and then um, maybe hoping to do a little indie film Kay. shortly, and then um, I'll probably get back into television. That's well, I'll tell you
0: what, Taylor, you've been, a, you've been a delight. I'm Thank glad you. we had you on the show, yeah. and we do get casting people in here from time to time. Totally. If anyone's ever looking for a meth girl, I'm going to go, I think I know, I know somebody, <laughs> or a, <laughs> an assassin in somebody, training. Yeah. I know somebody. <laughs> Taylor Hickson, <laughs> delightful. Great. How do people uh, find you on social media?
2: Oh, anywhere. I'm just a Google away. Google away. I'm on on Twitter. I'm on Snapchat. I'm on Instagram. I don't do TikTok because I'm too old. But other than that, you can find me anywhere.
0: Well, thank you for joining us. You're a delight. Best to you. Cheers. Thank
2: you, Joe.